Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. to be one year, you guys, one year of windowsill chats. So if you are brand new here, or if you've been lovingly (laughs) following me, or I'm grateful at least for you following along for a whole year, you guys, we've had so many great conversations. I am just so honored to be able to host and dig into the things that make us creatively human and the things that light us up and the things we trip on along the way. But most of all, I just really wanted to thank each and every one of you for being here because you're why I do this. So happy one year anniversary, Windowsill Chats. Stick around, people. We're just going to keep on going just like we are. And I would love to hear from you. You know, I was just checking out my reviews and 143 of you have left one. So I think that's great. But look, let's work on upping that. I'd like, I think more of you listen than that. As of today, we are nearly at 90,000 downloads. So I'm really honored about that too. But again, let me just reiterate, it's for you. So I just am so, so grateful for having your ears on this podcast and for having you come visit the windowsill. Today, I had such a great time chatting with Kirsten Katz, who lives in Sydney or near Sydney. And I found this super thought-provoking personally, just how she has really aligned. She's done a bunch of things, but really aligned her passions and it's working really well. So I hope you enjoy it. A little bit more about Kirsten, but first let me read this week's review. It's written by Paint for Money. Thank you so much for sending your thoughts in. I really appreciate it. Thought and action provoking. I have been listening for a few months. I go to windowsill chats first when I open up podcasts. Margo's experience and connections are amazing, and I always come away with some thought and action provoking ideas. Episode 52 really spoke to me, and that is the episode with Aaron Foster. I have been finding my people in my career, and I really enjoyed 
having my theory validated. You don't have to appeal to everyone, but you do have to seek out your audience. Thank you, Margo, for being so open and sharing so much valuable information in every episode. Thank you, Paint for Money. That really means a lot. I think so many of us, I don't know, I was going to say struggle, but it's not so much a struggle. It's, it's a very thought-provoking thing, isn't it? Kind of, who are my people? Who am I doing this for? Because we get caught up in doing it for a certain goal and end result. I should be doing this, or I should be doing that, or I took this class. But when you take the time to really look inside, it's, who are you doing it for? And Kirsten and I really touch on that. She speaks very much into painting and producing art that really speaks to her. And I just can't wait to hear this episode. It really spoke to me personally. A little bit more about Kirsten. She is an Australian artist and surface pattern designer, as I mentioned, based in Sydney. Her passion for art, color, nature, and design took her on a journey into the world of surface design. She studied textile design and printing at the Fashion Design School in 2012, and this has enabled her to create a range of contemporary art and surface pattern designs that are modern and have a recognizable style. Kirsten specializes in designs that incorporate botanical motifs, bold patterns, geometrics, and modern florals. Her work combines traditional art practices, hand-drawn illustrations, mixed-media painting, vibrant, delicious colors and textures to create designs that are bold and absolutely on trend. And if I can add, I think they're timeless as well. I think they're on trend, but it will be something that people will seek out for years to come. Kirsten's design can be found on a variety of products, including apparel, home decor, fabric, stationery, greeting cards, giftware, and wall art. And go take a look. Her The links to her sites are all in the show notes, but it's kirstencats.com.au. And her Instagram is kirstencatsart. And it's just delicious. So sit back, grab a cup of something delicious or just paint or drive or whatever you're doing. I just want to thank you so much for being here. This is a delicious conversation. So here we go. Calling all creatives. This episode is brought to you by Relish Your Creativity. What is Relish Your Creativity, do you ask? It's a monthly creative community built by myself and Natalie Shepard to specifically help you imagine and bring to life a vibrant vision for your own creative future. The Relish Your Creative community membership is made up of like-minded creatives who are ready to grow in their artistic endeavors as well as grow a profitable business. Relish Your Creativity is curated to bring you monthly classes where we deep dive into relevant topics, a private Facebook group to connect, share, and learn together, guest speakers, live chats, and a caring community. These are just a few of the perks you'll get when you join in. If you're ready to confidently put your art into the world, feel more comfortable and empowered in the direction you're heading, or spend focused time on your own creative growth, Relish Your Creativity is the membership for you. To learn more, head on over to www.relishyourcreativity.com. One more time, that's R-E-L-I-S-H-Y-O-U-R-C-R-E-A-T-I-V-I-T-Y.com. And we can't wait for you to see what we have in store. I am so happy to be talking to Kirsten Katz this morning. Thank you so much for being here. I, I am just such a fan of your deliciously, brightly, bold colored florals and all that you're up to. I really 
I love it. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be invited. And it's like, it's, I can't tell you how, I, I'm actually a bit nervous, but it's great. And because I've known you since, what, 2015, and just admire you so much. And all the other artists and designers you've had on, I feel like, oh, wow, do I actually even belong in this group? And it's just like, wonderful. Oh, good. You absolutely do belong in this group. Yes, you Thank do. You. They, I mean, you know, it's the great big wild world, wide wild world. And I, I love that you said that because I feel like well, who is this group anyway, right? I feel like we're all people with a passion. And even if it's like, I don't have time to to draw the things in my head, but I'm curating all the time and I'm seeing things. And I just feel like I love that we're threaded together in some way that it makes us respect each other and admire each other and support each other. That's, I love that part so much. So you're right in there. Oh, there's so many talented people out there who do such a you know vast range of stuff at different designs and you can't do everything but you might admire all these other people and for their work but that's not your own thing so it's just really really wonderful to sort of like be part of like an industry you can do something passion that you're passionate about and creative and that's so that's yeah that's why I do art <laughs> that's a per you know that's the perfect that's a perfect thing to say like because we enjoy it and it feels like you really know what you like to do and it comes through I mean I'm guessing you know your bold florals are just so juicy every time I look I just want to like can I really like like 20 pictures at one time you know I just I love 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 it just really your style comes across and your in your passion comes across I've always done flowers. It's my thing. I do birds and other things, but I always flowers and, and florals just like is so it's just me. It's easy for me. And I think, well, there's no such thing as a right or wrong flower. It's like a face can look a bit weird if it's not quite right. But flowers, well, there's just everywhere in the variety, the colors, the nature. Uh, yeah, it's just never ending so, source of inspiration, I find. So, yeah. I love that you say it that way because I know for sure I've been in a place where I'm like, oh my gosh, that doesn't look like it's supposed to. Like way back when I took surface design where we had to paint everything in gouache and she wanted us to paint irises. And I was like, oh God, that it just so hard making it look like what my eyes were seeing that flower look like. And I doodling all day, but so it's, it's nice to see it's nice to hear you say that. Cause I think often we were hard on ourselves and to say that doesn't look like a rose or whatever. Maybe it's, maybe it's not supposed to. Yeah. It's like, I have this thing. I don't want everything to be so perfect. I want it to be a little bit off and okay. There are a lot of designers who do beautiful, like symmetrical work and it's like stunning and it's so well-crafted. But for me, I like to see that it might be a bit off so that it's a bit more interest and your hand make mark comes into it and it's just I don't know just something that's you don't get tired of looking at and there's just it's a lot more you can play with it it's funny you said about irises because I've just finished drawing pages and pages and painting pages and pages of irises like the last two weeks so I know are very hard to sort of get it to look not too weird but still have the shape and they're a very complicated sort of like flower there's nothing round happening in there no not at all (laughs) and if you get something at the wrong angle it cannot look good oh my gosh that is funny yeah that I haven't drawn one since for sure (laughs) but I think you know what you said about um, making it your own that's for me always something I've strive for. And I've, I've had an easier time doing that. Oh, in areas where, well, just anything, you know, I just love somebody that can find that technique, whether you're making something out of silver, or you're drawing something or you're sculpting something or whatever. What's that thing that makes it your own. And I think we're inspired 
visually every day by what we're looking at. But if you can find that thing that makes it your own, that's what starts to set you apart. And you've definitely done that for a long time. Yeah, It was something that I sort of made a conscious decision to do when I did my second blueprint show. And like, I thought now's the time to actually do really push my passion and do the work I love and take it to New York and exhibit it and see the reaction. So I just wanted to see, get honest feedback from art directors and buyers and things and see if anyone would stop and look, because I said, there's so much work out there that's the same and I really Mm. want to do work that I want to do that I enjoy and something that I would like to see on a product so I thought well now I'll have to do this now and I did it and I was like it was the response was very good and I also thought that if I don't license anything or nobody likes it at least I've had the enjoyment of doing something that I have spent my time doing and my passion that I enjoy so that's my most important thing now I create for me pieces Mm. that I like and develop it slowly and that's what I want to have and so at the end of the day if nobody likes it I like it and I've had the pleasure from doing it so yeah did everybody hear that like (laughs) that it should be the first rule like do you like it I I think so often and I'd love to hear how how you how you kind of changed your path from the first blueprint to the second one, because I feel like, so first of all, we have all the things that we look at every day. We have the courses we take, we have the people we admire who we might have the same top five, you know, from one person to the next. And and it comes back to making your own, but making it your own and making it something you like aren't always the same thing. So combining those two is is a great rule. And I'd love to hear like how you felt you changed from first show to second show or those, what were those conscious decisions that you made? Oh, I just, I really wanted to get back into painting and away from doing so much like computer, like every, Mm. even if I do like computer, like vector digital designs, they always start with drawings, hand drawings, and then I will go, but I was just so sick of, I don't I think I felt there was too much out there and I really wanted to have more painted work and I really enjoyed painting and drawing more than anything. So I thought that's it. So I just cleared off my dining table. I put 10 sheets of paper down and I just started putting paint on. And wow. this is how I, I don't know if you know, it's my Flowers of Oz um, collection. It's, it's one of my signature mm-hmm. sort of prints and that. So I did this series of like 10 pieces of art and I just painted and painted and I thought that looks good and I just had them out there for a few days and I kept on adding more and then at the end I thought this is something this is good this is me it's different and that's it I still have probably about three or four of the pieces which I have not even actually done anything with so they're just sort of waiting and holding and I can pull out those flowers later or use them for something else but it's they've been on like cards like tea towels like so many things now bedding fabric but I just wanted to do something and so that was great so now I sort of like I paint when I do I always try something different when I'm doing I also like consciously take note of what I'm doing so that you can replicate that if you like that and I sort of I always do courses I've done so many different courses and it's not like you want to do something like another artist or learn something it's like you might experience something that you can apply and integrate Mm -hmm. into your work to Mm -hmm. create and just to move it forward a bit more. So that's, uh, I agree. I, th- I think courses are really from myself. I love taking a course because like you said, I might learn a technique that's just going to be able to make it make me be more me. And it sounds like when you did that and set that paper out, you must have kind of, I'm guessing you kind of got yourself in a headspace and said, I'm going to devote however much time it 
I need to, whatever that was to make it feel like I'm just diving in. And it, it sounds like you just really listened to your gut and went for it. Yeah. Dive in with no plan. <laughs> the scariest <laughs> thing is a blank piece of paper. So you just have to put something on it and put color. And you know what? That you can't make a mistake. There's no right or wrong with art. This is something I've actually, I've had to tell myself, I can't be scared of it and there's no right and wrong. So, and you can always change it or do things and, and to make it better. And you could always paint over it, I guess. But yeah, there's always something, there's a point where you know it's just right and you've got something. So that's what I look for now. And what a good feeling that is because we yes. don't always know that we've arrived at that point. We don't always know that. How how do you get out? I'm going to come back to the blueprint because I have some more questions about that. But I, I wondered just how you got into it in the beginning. Did you grow up a creative kiddo? Did your parent point you in one direction or another? Or how'd that all come to be? Uh, I did grow up very creative. I have a very creative family background. I've have an art, uh, had an artist. She's she's passed away. Who was an artist. My grandmother was a ballet dancer, and he, she was married to a comedian. So very theatrical. And on my mother's side, there was like vine violinist and everything so consequently you have must have had some great get together family get togethers yeah <laughs> and like at the age of four I started ballet and I always did ballet and I was always like like Sunday school was probably the first time I did art that's the only reason why I went to Sunday school because we did art and craft right <laughs> we like everything like macrame stringer copper art painting collage wow. my mother still got some of these pieces that I made when I was like you know, five or six. And like they're thinking, wow, did I do that? (laughs) So I've always just done. And when I went through school, like high school, art was the only thing I knew I wanted to take. Mm. And I remembered like I because I could I could learn to sew and crochet and do all those things just by watching my grand grandmother and my mother and things like that. And I actually made my first my mother had gone to work and I was nine and she had like the sewing, she had the sewing machine, the knitting machine and all that. And I thought I need some pajamas. So I just pulled out some fabric, cut out a pattern. Like oh my in God. my head, I thought, this is how you do it. Made it. Mum come home. I said, I made myself some pajamas. And mum's, how did you do that? I said, well, this logic, you just, that's a Oh shape. my gosh. Doesn't everybody do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> and I could always sew. I used to make my clothes. So like this whole textiles, fashion, like yeah. that is always there. And so in your blood. Yeah. And when I was growing up, I, I did ballet all the way through school. I used to get up. You know, in the morning, go to ballet before, like at six o'clock, rush to school, do school, then go after. (laughs) So it was like full on. And I remembered when I left school, I went to do full-time ballet and I used to set my alarm at four o'clock or 4.30 in the morning so I could get up in the morning, do some pottery in my bedroom or painting before I went to do 10 hours of full-time ballet. So because I always had these two things. In the end, um, I didn't do, I didn't, I wasn't tall enough to be a dancer. Mm. It's such a hard like thing just to get there. So I, I teaching and everything Then I met my husband and he was a jeweler. So oh, wow. I went into the jewelry industry. And so for years doing that, and the art was just sort of like, okay, I don't have time for that with four right. kids teaching ballet. And I was also teaching aerobics and just doing so many things along and running a business and that. And then it wasn't until, I think oh, my daughter, I was praying with my daughter and we were renting a house and it was always a bit creepy or haunted because the person had died in there. And oh, gosh, one night yeah. I just woke up in the middle of the night. I had this vision 
for this art. And I thought, wow, what was that? Huh. And it was like this collage, like bright colored stuff. And then I just started, I got to remember that dream and start doing it. I have these pieces upstairs in my attic and oh, wow. I should actually find them. And it's like, now I see all these people doing collage. I'm going, hey, I did this like 28 years ago. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. And, but I didn't, I was cutting up magazine and like very much still like the style I do in the Australian flowers and everything like that, very much modern. Mm-hmm. Then I thought, well, maybe I should start painting. I used to paint. I'm thinking, yeah, I came top in art at school. And that So I started to paint. And so I was just painting and painting, drawing like big pieces and that. And I thought that's nice. And then I got bored with that. So then I did like a, like a weekend sort of like printmaking course. So I did like lino block printing and all these different things. And it's always been the flowers, the same sort of Australian botanical uh-huh. and just that exploration. Then I went on one of the mothers at school. She taught mosaics. I thought, mosaics, I love mosaics. So then I did learn mosaics and like I did big sort of like pieces, like a one. 120 by 100 and like the tight cutting all the glass and everything but again still still my own style of work the same thing I have probably about 10 of them scattered between the house and I even put one on the front of the house but but I had to take it off when we painted (laughs) in the office but like the hours of like to do that like you know people say oh could we buy it I'm going if you knew how much you'd have to pay it's like 150 hours of labor in doing this yeah yeah and so I thought there must be something different anyway then I went on I thought want something creative to do in a bunks doing the jewelry is just something for me as an interest so I thought oh I'll learn web design Mm. and off it did that end up I hated it because I thought it's more coding it's it's not creative at all yeah so uh, my daughter had left school and she got into fashion design because that was my other thing I thought I'd love to be either a dancer artist or fashion designer growing up and well the fashion designer I couldn't afford to go to the school I wanted to go to because had to live and eat so I thought well I have to go on ballet teaching and then do the business (laughs) And, she, and my daughter came home. She goes, Mom, there's a course there that does like print and textile design and that sort of stuff at the fashion design school. Maybe you should apply. I said, what? I said, should, you might like it. And I, saw, I thought, oh, yeah. Huh. And, I, and so I thought, okay, right, I've got to apply. And then I was so stressed out because it was like you had to apply. It's not like just the course you buy and pay. You had to right. apply to be accepted. And it was like one of the top schools that all the top Australian designers have gone to mm. and there. So I thought, oh, and I had to do all this work. I'm going, I was so nervous. So I put together the portfolio and paintings and work and ideas and concepts. It was a whole brief. I didn't even know what a wow. brief was or anything <laughs> like that. Send it off, submit, and then I thought, oh, that'll be the end of it. Then I got a reply back a few weeks and I was so scared to even open the email and oh. then I couldn't believe it. I got in, I got oh, wow, I got in. So that was sort of like when I was 48, I thought going back to school at 48. It was like full time for a year. It was like four and a half days full time. And we started like everything was like hands on, like all like, as you say, painting with gouache, hand-drawn repeats, screen printing, everything all the way through. So that as I did more and more, I thought this is what I should be doing. I love this. Yeah. And it was just like kept on going and you get more and more addicted to it. And I remember the most stressful class I had was the drawing class. Mm-hmm. And I'd never done a drawing class in my life. And I thought I can draw, but it was like three and a half hours and it was like full on. And like literally I would be like every Tuesday morning I'd be like 
<laughs> so nervous and get there and I was just designed and like she'd go flat out all these techniques and I'm going <gasps> and after all going oh thank god that's over I don't have to do that again for a week <laughs> and then I remember one day the teacher called me in I thought oh my gosh I felt like I was getting called into the principal. I'm going to get expelled from the class because my, oh, I'm not no. understand or something. She goes, what's happened? And I said, what do you mean? She said, something's changed in your work. I said, well, to tell you the truth, I, I was so always so nervous and I, I was learning all the stuff. I thought, this is ridiculous. I have to take on board and put the techniques and put it into practice and do it. And she mm. goes, it's brilliant, whatever you do. Anyway, I ended up getting coming top of the class oh see it was like and I was so scared I thought uh yeah and like I don't know it's just like you have to try things and just stepping out of your zone so I always struggle with that sort of thing moving forward so anyway I did the course for a year and then I thought oh it's a lot to have learned and I thought it's really nice and then I sort of took a I took a year break just to decompose everything I've learned I just experimented with some things and then it wasn't till that was in 2012 then in 2013, I just played around with some things. 2014, I just thought I might start just pick it up and maybe make some designs and some repeats. And that's when I sort of started putting things, I think, on Instagram. So the earlier mm. work there. Mm. And then people started messaging me, can we buy this? Can we license this? And I thought, I don't even know what that means. Right. And I, I had no idea what to charge or I felt I would, I felt I couldn't actually charge for to, for them to use my work because I felt that I wasn't a designer and it would, mm. wouldn't be right. And so that's when I started looking at licensing Google. That's when okay. I found Make Art That Sells. Okay. <laughs> and that was like, okay, then I thought, okay, the home decor, I'm going to do that. And that's where I met you. It was in 2015. That was my first um, five-week course. I thought, oh, it was almost just, just to learn another yeah. side of the the business yeah. side and that, yeah. the possibilities and like I didn't realize that illustration being an illustrator was actually a job mm-hmm. which I thought wow imagine just drawing all day how wonderful or or well and, and to to bring that kind of into your knowledge base after having that whole year where you were you you kind of got yourself ready without knowing it you know you did all the work and you really found something you love to do and then you and then from people reaching out and asking there, you, you must've kind of cracked open this idea of possibility and then had a bit of a course on maybe how to make that happen. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, cause that, so I thought, well, maybe this could be a small business or an interest, a hobby that can make money on the side. And I thought, cause I, the other thing besides doing art, I thought, the kids are all growing up. Like my youngest is now going to be 25 in two weeks. And so they're all, yeah. young adults and that even though two still live at home my daughter just moved out last week <laughs> and so yeah I still got people around me yep. I thought what do I do with that huge chunk of time of raising a family four kids and right. I'm not gonna it's like retirement I think well I've got to do something so uh this was going to fill my void yeah, uh, yeah something else for me my passion to fill my time something I can do like basically till I can hold a brush or a pen or do right. something and create, which there's you don't have to retire from it's it. So un- no, that's yeah. So I did like oh, oh mats. I did the home decor one, two, and the extension one. I've oh, done the A and B. Then I did I did make it in design. I did the ultimate portfolio builder, and that's that was a I really enjoyed that because it yeah. sort of made me 
like I utilize all the home decor stuff I learned from you and products and then creating a range which I designed for wallpaper and like upholstery fabric and Mm -hmm. and those designs I did license they have been all on fabric but and like it sometimes you make things and it's just not the right time and you know it's good but it won't but the market sometimes even though it has to catch up with you yeah and I think as long as you make something that you really enjoy and it's got your passion and it's there it's good it will eventually find its way onto a product or into the world or be appreciated by somebody it might take it might be instantly it could be mm-hmm. two years it could be five years so yeah so that's basically the whole history of oh that's so interesting that's so you know and I think I this has definitely happened to me and, and I, I imagine it might have happened to you you know people um see that you're doing a certain thing and they don't think oh she might have done ballet ceramics jewelry mosaics you know, whatever, rocket science, whatever all the other things might have been, but people just kind of take us for what they see us doing right then. And, and I love that so many of us have done other things. And I, that makes me just, I would love to see your ceramics. I would love to see your jewelry. And, you know, it's, it's just, um, but it's, it's really nice when we find that thing that, that we're like, oh, I can really focus on this. And, and to watch what you've done, I was saying before we push play, you know, I, I scrolled back in your Instagram just to kind of see it. And there's so many juicy things there, but just to kind of see the progression of things. Cause you know, we all kind of, especially if we're posting art all the time, it it shifts and changes slightly based on what we're, what we're doing and what we're into, but yours, it just feels like yours has gotten stronger and stronger. Thank you. Yeah. I sort of make a conscious decision that you sort of you're only as good as the last piece of art you've made it's like the last hit record the last fashion design and that so and you think people expect more of you but as a person there's no such thing as perfection there's no it's infinite so you have to push and say what can I do now to elevate my work or to bring it to a different thing or like try a different media and integrate that and it's like because you do watercolors doesn't mean you have to only do watercolors. You can right. move into a different thing. My my latest challenge for myself, I want to learn. I've never I've never painted with oil paints, so that's something I've oh, put cool. on my list. I want to integrate oil painting into my work with everything else. So that's a per- plus. Also, I've bought all these beautiful stretch canvases with wooden frames. And um, I want to paint, I'm working on doing some, I've done some minor paintings just recently and they're like sort of like the trials and then I'm going to paint them on the biggest canvases and be able to have my first collection of originals that I will sell to people as collectors. But I still work in that pressure. That that was like a personal goal for me, something there. And so I always have something that how can I learn something or what is something I want to do as a challenge that I can bring into my work and learn from. I love that. I'm I'm writing that down because I want to remember like that's such a good thing to think about. What's your next challenge? Cause we might have it, but not have stopped long enough to think about it. And that's a good thing just just to make ourselves, you know, it's kind of a little, it's kind of a little promise or a gift, in fact. It's like, I'm gonna challenge myself to do this. I love it when artists that I follow have originals for for sale, I must say. I do, I do love that because so much of what we're creating now goes into, you know, it's manufactured or it's licensed or it's an illustration or 
editorial or whatever it is. And I just, whenever I look at people's shop, I was like, is there anything original in there? I just, just love to see that because it, there's something extra special about that. Whether you've made a print of it or not, that doesn't really matter. I just think like, oh my gosh, their actual handwork. I wanted to pop in with a little bit more information about Sarah Watts Photoshop course called From Paint to Pattern. If you listen to Sarah's episode, which was two weeks ago, she talked a little bit about it, but you know, I was just listening to her live on Instagram and I just wanted to come back and reiterate how awesome I think this class is going to be. You can learn Adobe Photoshop for painterly surface pattern design and gift illustration directly from Sarah. She has been doing Photoshop since she, I think she said she was 16 years old and she knows it backwards and forwards upside down and right side up. The cool thing is she teaches you her process. Plus she's got some amazing guests. You'll have really great guest speakers like Lisa Congdon, Amaryllis Henderson, Helen Dardick, Myrna Stubbs, Jen Hewitt, Rashida Coleman-Hale. There's just many, many, many. The cool thing is with this course, you'll discover that really literally anything can become your canvas. It's all about the design eye and expanding the life of your art by digitizing it. So I could talk and talk about it, but go check it out. Here's where you can find out more. This closes at 11:59 Eastern Standard Time tonight, Wednesday, September 8th. So go to windowsillchats.com backslash Sarah Watts. That's windowsillchats.com backslash Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, Watts, W-A-T-T-S. If you're thinking about it, jump because it's going to be a good one. There's lots more information about it at windowsillchats.com backslash Sarah Watts. Now, uh, most of my designs will come from my paintings. And I think that's good because you can always cut out a section and say, wow, that flower, all that is really good. I can put that into repeat or put it onto fabric or wouldn't that look great on a lounge or on a bed Mm -hmm. or plate, dinnerware, something I'd really like to do. I haven't got that yet. So lots of, there's always different little goals. Do you find, you had said when you went to Blueprint, you only reached out to a couple of people, but how how did you do that and what did you send them? I'd love to know because as the story goes, it worked. The whole Blueprint thing, okay, I'll start from the beginning of why I went to Blueprint. Oh, good. It's like in 2017, we went overseas with my husband. We did two big seven-week tours and one of the week, one of the tours, or like overseas holidays rather, one of them we ended in New York because I wanted to stop by because I'd never been to New York. I thought, okay, catch the plane that way home. We'll stay in New York and my cousin lives in New York. And then it just happened to be Blueprint was on. I thought, wow, that's on. I'll take the time. I'll book the ticket that I can walk the show. I thought, I just want to see where I am compared to other artists and if my work would actually stand up to being actually at a trade show and could I could do this because this was like the next bit of growth because I hadn't got yeah. to that stage of thinking of licensing or considering it as a business. So I walked around, I met a few people, talked to some people and had a look. I thought, oh, yes, my work can stand up on a platform internationally. I can license it. So then I decided I would do Blueprint in 2018 was the first one I did and so my daughter came with me I thought I need somebody to help me and she understands this because she's done fashion design and everything like that so she could help and before that show I, I I didn't really send out I didn't book appointments because I had no contacts I had nobody to do but I just yeah. sent out one 
two emails basically one was to a card person and one was to like a homewares like company i just put the email and said hi i'm here uh this is my yeah basic my website introduced a little bit about me i will be at this show this is when it was in two parts and this is where i'll be and i just put a photo of this fabric i just mocked up onto a chair anyway they came they most of their buyers had left the first day but the two two buyers had stayed back the second day and specifically kept came to see me because of that image mm-hmm. and I and the show started and I was just two booths over talking to somebody and my daughter came over around me and goes mom you've got people to see I'm going what <laughs> I said I didn't have any <laughs> nobody <toys."> knows I'm here <laughs> yeah and then like they and they actually gave me a lots and lots of confidence because they looked for absolutely everything I had 500 sheets with me of designs and things and they went through everything and they were there for three hours and all the other people were sort of looking at me. Do you know who that was? I'm going, oh, I sort of know of them, but to, do you know how rare that is that somebody will sit with you for three hours? Very and rare. Yeah. Extremely yeah. rare. Yeah. And it was like, because I thought, oh, half the day's gone now. And it's like, <laughs> it's like the trade show. What happened to that time? So that sort of really, and they said they loved my work and, and all the work. They sort of gave me the confidence in my work, the, the stuff that I really, really liked, which I thought, maybe not the market because it's not it's not like probably commercial stuff but they that's what they gravitated to so that's sort of like there and so then when I went back in 2019 I made the conscious decision to to take the work that I love that's me and that's why I painted started painting those designs and I thought I'd want to show it to get the reaction from people and see what the feedback is and see if anyone stops. It's not for everybody because there's everybody's got a different story, a different company, a different brand, a different market. But I wanted to have my work on art and out there in the world and something that I was proud of. So that's has to, I have to be proud of my work to be able to yeah. put it out there. So, yeah. Well, I love that the fact, so you, I, 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 if I say it once, I'll say it a million times, you know, people buy what they see. They really do. And, and I'm, speaking for myself, like if I see your product mocked up on a chair, my brain might just not have taken the time to put it there, but you put it there for me. So like sending that to them, they saw that they, you maybe not even consciously, but you open their mind to looking at your work in a slightly different way, potentially guessing. And then what the, it seems like what that did is give you the confidence to then go home and say like, I'm going to do it how it feels right for me. And I just, ah, I love that so much. I love that so much. Yeah. And it's also because it's, if I, I don't always do mock-ups, but if I feel yeah. a piece of what I, sure. I'm packing, I think this would, to me, this is how I think it would look fabulous. Yeah. So I can, and I don't think. You know, somebody else might it might go on a card, it might go on something right. else, but I this is what I reckon as right. an artist, how I see my work being presented. And I and I um I don't think it's I don't think one should do too many because then you're then you're then it swings the other way. You have to give them a little yes. nugget of an idea. Because and I love how your Instagram, like it seems like they're every once in a while there's something, but then you're it's reinforced with your beautiful color sense and pattern and, and, you know, line work skill. So it's just every once in a while, it's like, oh, oh, that's right. Oh, I could do, you know, and that's, it's just a really nice mix. It's, it's, yeah, it's so when was the last time you went to blueprint? Pre-COVID? Uh, 2019. Okay. 
yeah of course pre-covid we haven't really yeah i was booked in i was going to go to the there was one in san francisco Uh but then something happened i had to pull out of that and then the whole covid hit and right like like last year then i thought well that's a perfect excuse for me not to worry about other sorts of business and not feel guilty just to do art And so I did lots of um, experimental paintings of which some of them have become my best-selling prints. And mm-hmm. I just did them purely because I thought, okay, I'm going to do this, these five, and I'll do this way and just just tried lots of different things and really mixed media and just put just like the blank canvases and I thought, okay, I've got this vision. How do I get what I can see in my mind to come out on the canvas or on the paper and the board because yeah. that's sometimes hard, the hardest thing to match oh my gosh I mean in your mind what you see to get yeah. it to be there that's the that, challenge that is a big juicy challenge I I I'd say for me that's that's what stops me the most because it's like ah that's not what I saw in my head you know yeah. and, and to that's a great thing to work through and we have had that you know the gift of time if you will it's yes. one way to look at it to to be able to do that and i how has your work changed um you know since not being able to show in the way you have how how is it going for you over the past uh, well because yeah. i i had a i had an etsy shop set up in i think 2019 and basically i only had a few things on there i had because with my uh i produced my own tea towels and a few products They're gorgeous. yeah mm-hmm. thank you and I never, I never did any work on it. And with those platforms, with any print-on-demand or um, like sell online, if if you just put it there and just forget about it, well, right. nobody will find you. Right. So I decided that, well, hey, I've got the platform and I've got my website as well. I had a shop there, and so I thought I'll spend the time putting more art up and everything like that. And I, I bought an. And uh, like a pigment archival printer for do jiggly mm, smart like a couple of years ago and it was sitting there and I was yeah. too scared to use it like yeah. Yeah. I thought, now I have to actually use this thing uh-huh. and I'll print some prints I bought some from an outsource for professional printer and I printed my own because I wanted to compare that the so quality smart. that I was doing was exactly the same the so colors smart. that I could be confident that the product that I'm producing in-house is legit so mm-hmm. and then so I put I just set up my shop and started adding products and people started buying them and I think wow people do like my work so this that was really they really do. good but that sort of forced me on to make a really conscious decision just to narrow my focus and yeah. stay in my own lane and even though you might see all these beautiful things out and that but that's not me this is what I do and this is how I go and just really to narrow what you want to do. And like, like there's a million products that you can produce and put your work on, but it's all time, but you have to sort of align yourself. Where do you want your brand to be or what, what do you want to do? Cause I have like my art licensing where I do products. I have my own work and now I'm going to add my originals. Plus I have a few small products mm-hmm. and I've got a few more, which I'm just going to try and bring into the mix ready for this like shopping Christmas season. If, out of COVID. Yeah. I think that that's, again, those are such great. So you said a couple of real gems. First of all, I'd love that you outsourced the prints and did them yourself. So you can get the confidence and say, yes, mine, mine are equal. Cause does. That was a gem of an idea, but then, I mean, the biggest narrow your focus, it's so hard for those of us who are creative to, to not see that next shiny thing or think, Oh, maybe if I drew this, I could get on this product. But if you Con- narrowing your focus is it, it helps with confidence and it helps with it helps other people see 
what you're trying to show them and it helps with the vision. And I, I, that seems to be quite working for you quite well. Yeah. I also, if you narrow your focus, you can really hone your style and your look and mm. everything what you do. So people will know, or people used to say to me, oh, we didn't even have to see the name. We knew it was your work. I'm going, what? Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, oh, you've got a style. Look, I thought, well, that's just how I draw and paint. And then I realized people always talk about finding your style. I said, well, your style is how you do it. That is what comes naturally. Don't try and force or find a style. It's how you paint and how, what comes out of you from inside and that is your style and that if you can just probably get better skilled at it or add more interest to it or tune it up a bit and evolve it well that's that's half the thing why why try and make things hard to draw or paint a different way when that's how you do it (laughs) because it's that's the easy and that's the natural way it should be Oh yeah. It's, uh, oh, I think people are really going to like this conversation <laughs> because it's you're just giving people permission. And I, I, and I think it's true. It's, you know, you do floral so well and so confidently, but somewhere along the way, you might've thought, well, maybe I should be doing landscapes or maybe I should be doing, you know, which you could, of course, but if a floral just comes to you and it's what you do and it, it's working so well. And, you know, how do you inspire yourself? What do you do for color and like, oh my gosh, I, I need a new way to do it. Is it, is it about the time and space or do you go look at things? Like, how do you, how do you get there? I'm I'm probably one of these weird people that has too much. I never get like people say, oh, you hit creative block or something. I've always got far more many ideas that I can actually do. So I sort of have to hone it down, but look, one of my favorite things I've always do is like take photos of flowers and walking gardens. Like when we travel, Mm. like historic houses, houses with big gardens, botanical gardens, they're always on the must-to-do list. Nice. And like then I'll end up going out, oh, it's a thousand photos I've taken just of flowers that day. <laughs> and like, but just to see things and like and going to like art galleries, well, we can't do that because we're in lockdown here in Sydney at the moment, but always to see wonderful things. And, yeah, it's not that I like you. It's just something that you enjoy to look at. And there might be so many other styles and you think that's wonderful. Look what they've done, right. but you're not going to go and do it because that's not you, but you can still appreciate what it is. And when you think, wow, look what they have done. And they've like, they're long past gone and they've left something. There's a piece of themselves out in the world that mm. is left there for other people to admire. That's like a fear of mine, like going through life and just being there, but then there's nothing left behind of you that yeah. people can say, this was her, this is what she did. So that was another thing for my art. I always wanted to say, well, when I'm long gone and that, whether it was good or bad, this is something that she made, she did, and she can oh, be remembered. So it's like there's more to washing and ironing and doing accounts and bookkeeping. There's something, yeah, have to create something to leave a piece of you into the world behind. That's, oh, I love that. That's yeah. beautiful. I mean, it is right. It's our writing or our doing or our memory, the memory of yeah. us. But if, if there is a tangible thing, a style, many styles, many things to look at, that's, that's a gift. It, it truly is. Oh my goodness. I love that. So I do, I do wonder about your color. Cause it's so good. Do you, does it just, is that something you've honed or will you find something and say, Oh gosh, yeah, I want to make make sure I use that color or does it just kind of come to you as you, as you go? It just comes like if I struggle, like if somebody says, Oh, like if you get a brief and here's the color palette, sometimes I think I find that so constraining and I, yeah, yeah, I can't work like that. I just have to put the cut. I just have to do the colors that I feel right. 
Mm-hmm. And so the combinations can be weird. And like, it can be simple as like, okay, I've just grabbed a handful of paints, set the paints I've pulled yeah. out by random because of, that's what I just pulled out. Not because yeah. of conscious thought I'm going to paint with this pink, this blue, this green, or only in these tones. It's just there. And I'll start to do things. I think, okay, I need something like this mm-hmm. here, that color. And a lot, it's just, I think, intuition. I've just, yeah. 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 It just comes yeah. from what I feel is right or it needs an extra line here or a leaf here or a petal or something a bit out there. Or That's just. That's great. Yeah. And I think to your point too, I think when you're given a task of paint in these colors, it's harder. Yeah. You know, yes. I think it's just like, hmm, I'm looking in my paint and I think that, that I want to use those things. They're appealing to me today or whatever, but I always feel like you get the best out of asking somebody to create something when you don't give them too many guidelines you know yeah I found it somebody says oh can you do this or like I don't do like commission pieces because I find that constraining for myself personally some some people are wonderful that but I think sometimes they have a vision and they want you and then what you do it may not match so and I feel that it can limit you in such a way that you'll feel like well it's not really your passion because it's has it come from you it's it's what they want in a way they want you to they do have an idea off. about it in their head and how could that be what's in i think that's very very yeah. tricky <laughs> very tricky yeah. so i like to, i like to paint what i get inspired for and vision and if it turns out it's great and if i think it feels good that's even better because like i can look at work and i didn't feel that wonderful doing that and i'll look at it mm. and i'll say it's like soulless i don't know it's mm. like it's got to have a foundation it's got to have something to it it can't be just just there because i find that it might get the design or the art gets very boring, very, very fast when there's like, I don't know, you can see hundreds and hundreds of designs and people and art and things like that. But you can always tell the ones that have got a bit more, I don't know, passion of the artist or the soul or the, it's got something to it. So that's something I really struggle. I want to make sure it's, I put a part of me inside my work. And so it can stand there. And I know that look there and I think, yeah, that that's good. Or I'm really happy with that. So. It's really awesome that you can get to that point. Do you listen to, do you listen to anything when you're painting? Do you listen to music or podcasts uh, or books I or anything like, like that? Quiet. Yeah. Oh. Dead quiet or um, something like, this is like quite extreme, maybe a serial killing documentary yeah. or something, <laughs> yeah. mystery or something. Uh-huh. Thought. And it's just like there, but usually I like to have peace and quiet and dead because yeah. I'm just like in the zone of painting yeah. and I found the out the noise like some people love lots of noise or music or they have you know candles burning and scents and I just like my space my time just me and my art yeah that's awesome I'm the same I I don't usually think about it until I'm way into it I was like oh I could be listening to something but I I'm not yeah Yeah. (laughs) uh that's I just I'm just intrigued because I feel like your work is so strong and I just I just love to I just had a bunch of questions about it (laughs) so thank you what's sort of ahead what would you like to be doing a couple years from now would you like to see yourself in other types of stores or just other types of you know mediums what are you thinking I have on me behind my computer on the wall I had like it was actually an exercise from Matt's MBA and it was like you had to put some goals out there and I'd mm-hmm. never set goals or written anything down. I had, so I did this like tree with these flowers and I put all these things and it's been sitting on my wall behind my computer. 
Mm-hmm. And I look at it and the first thing I wrote was bloom and grow. And I thought, oh, I've got to bloom and grow. And, and, and I wanted I wanted enable people to be able to buy my art and buy, buy things that I'm happy with and my joy and passion. That I had all these offshoots of all these different products and different goals and that. And I look at them and I've basically done like 90% of them. And it's not consciously because uh-huh. I've gone out there and wanted it. It's just happened. So there's something to be, I've always been a bit skeptical about the put it out there and it'll come to you or show what you want. So something. So I so sometimes think maybe now I should be doing more of that. So going <laughs> back to what I would like, ideally I would love to have my own, own store, mm. my, like my branded store with my fabrics, my products in and everything like that. So that yeah. that's a big sort of ask. That's coming back to one of the, you said three people that um, yes. inspire you. So so you'd have like I do like I license, I've got like bedding, wall art, cards, I've candles, so many like products with good companies mm-hmm. and they are Australian. And one of the things that I decided to go with these companies was because I wanted my art to be accessible for people in Australia and to know me as an Australian artist. That was very important, Love even that. though I know that, okay, if it was a bigger brand overseas in America, the volume would be far greater. So going forward, I'd love to have some like some licensing deals with some wonderful companies in America and mm-hmm. be able to actually sell my fabric. Like I'm sort of trying to get the fabric that I do do here to be able to offer overseas shipping. So that's one thing because I get so many people wanting to buy it yeah. but because we can't ship right. there. So that's something we're trying to figure out. So that would be good. Uh, yeah, and just like have a gal- have an actual what I call when you say art, like an exhibition at an actual art gallery. Oh, that's, I could see that. So that's, that's a big sort of ask because then I can say, yes, I can confidently say I am an actual artist. Oh my goodness. You so are, but I get it. It's those certain milestones we have in our, that, that mean it to us, you know? Yeah. I I have a small side project. I want to have a book of my, it's just, it's like a personal project. And I thought, well, I'll be 60 in a few years. Maybe that's something I can work towards having a beautiful like coffee table book of my work and art and sort of thing. So that's something, it's like a very slow, it may not ever happen, but it's something that might happen when I'm 65. <laughs> uh, that, uh, so it'd be beautiful to have a beautiful book with your work in his. And so there's yeah. all the, like showing everything that you've done. So that's, that's another like goal. And then there's some other high lofty goals and things like that. So, well, you're putting them out there. So that's, yeah. it's, I, I really do. It's really uh, interesting to me too. And, and I think part of it is we're aligning ourselves with our goals. Sometimes when we get the courage or, you know, whatever, wherewithal to say them out loud or write them down or draw them into something, doors start to open because you're like, okay, I've said it. it was maybe the scariest part was saying it. And then, or, you know, whatever it might be that brings those things into being. So I can't wait to buy your book. Thank you. <laughs> I'll send you a copy. <laughs> uh, I'd love to have like a small fashion range. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. So that's something i would like to do so I'm sort of like thinking of maybe doing something uh, getting it just like limited things so the lines that's something that's like a real passion project of I always wanted to be a fashion designer so that's now I've now I've got the art and I've got the designs I just need to get I can sew but I won't be sewing them myself I don't have time but to design a nice range of clothes that have it there so 
I because I really would love to wear some of that artwork. I just feel like it's so it yeah. it would it would people would be like, now that's expressing myself. You know, it's it just feels like it would be yes. You know, yeah. I meant to ask you that, so I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, yeah, that's why the dresses there because I think wouldn't this be great? Mm-hmm. If it was actually there, or this is this product. To, yeah, yeah, it really so would. Usually the mock-ups like as something I think, oh, I'd love that. This would be good, <laughs> and that, and it also shows the possibilities of the print and just shows your work at a different, you know, makes your feed look a bit better, I suppose. Yeah. Well, it's fun. Again, it's just putting it out there and people who knows might, who might be looking at that. It, it's really, you know, if you just kind of make it up, somebody might, the right person might see it or, you know, you've got, you've got them thinking. So I think it's good to <laughs> put it out there. Yeah. So, so did you think about who's inspiring you? Yes, I did. And when I answered this question, I thought there's just so many people. So I sort of thought of it about a different way. So I sort of came up with three sort of ideas of why I've been inspired by that. And the first one was like, like the small makers and indie designers and, you know, all the little handmade people who've started these businesses and they're making like making jewellery or pottery or mm. like, like homewares or or clothing and like I think what what I found was because I've seen the variety of products people have made they bought my fabric and the things that they've uh, made yeah. into it, things I would not have even thought like uh, point. dog point. pajamas for greyhounds for one thing uh, baby seats pillows like ba- bags like cushions like so so many wonderful things and every day I'll get people tagging me and posting and so I I think it's wonderful that they love my fabric. They've bought it and yeah, yeah, they've actually yeah. been able to make small little micro businesses for themselves. So it's like supporting people. So I think that whole hand makes small crafters like handmaker industry is so important mm-hmm. because they people are just stepping up and they're making a little bit of a business for themselves. Mm-hmm. And quite often they become so successful and like another brand might come in and say, we want this, but the just the creativity out there of people say hey what can I do I found this thing I've done this and like you just have to look and there's just so many wonderful products that are just so different so that's my first thing like all the small wonderful little people and then they're not so little most of them are making good money and but just the creativity that can be inspired my next one what I wanted to be I'd like I think about business and what you would like your business or your brand to be like Mm -hmm. and why you like and you could model yourself a bit on or what inspires you so I sort of like thought okay two people I have is rifle paper and mm-hmm. anabot because I just love not that I'm really into the stationary market I just like the whole way she selects her partnerships with her products everything is strategic you can be like you get approached by I know myself personally you get approached by so many people but you can't be everywhere on every product you have to pick a strategic partnership it really does need to be strategic or you'll be everywhere on things you don't want to be on yeah and you have to also align yourself with companies where you think well that's that's great we can work together we have the same sort of like values and they make a quality product and things like Mm -hmm. that so I think she's been very successful in doing that and and then also being able to keep the integrity of her style and her hand and be able to translate it on so many different things like her stationery is the name number one but like the rugs the interiors the wallpaper so it's just like that brand development my other one in that field is Maramika mm-hmm. because well being fabric but 
their main thing is the fabric and their designs are timeless, like they stand like the time. That's another sure. thing that I design now. I do, when I first started out, you would just design and design and design. Now I come to the place where less is more, it's better to work more like a fashion company where you'll have a certain sort of range. You might have two or three range collections. And that's the body of work that you've done in those periods of time and that you know it's good and you know it's and hopefully you'll have a few designs that might become iconic and they're going to stand the test of time and it might be 10 years and it's still going to look in fashion. It's still going to be wonderful. So that's that's another thing that's always in the, con- the back of my mind. I love that. that that is, it's going to be there. It's going to have longevity. Because, look, products, if you put it on wallpaper, people cannot afford to go on wallpaper their house every year right. and they've got to live with it. And bedding, they're big, expensive things, so mm-hmm. you've got to have something. Hopefully if it's made so they don't get to enjoy it. Right. Yeah. Not like just like just go and get It's oh, not super trendy, it. but it it's a classic. Yeah. yeah, you want something there that is good and it's going to work a long time so that's like marameco they've got their fabrics and then they've got selected homewares Mm -hmm. selected fashion that's why i got the fashion i was like just limited you don't have to be on everything but it's a great brand and the way there so that's the business model and the third thing it's coming back to that inspire like i really look at for inspiration is flowers but not so much um pictures of flowers paintings of flowers i really love all the people who are doing um like the cut paper flowers and Mm -hmm. the press flowers and like it's like like the press flowers like there's so many people doing wonderful artwork and like like preserving the beauty of it and Mm -hmm. like the the paper flowers and um oh what's her name and and wood Oh yes, yeah. Oh my gosh, she's amazing. Every morning I wake up, I see something there. I'm going, oh, the best thing of the morning to wake up and see her and the the beauty and there's just like preserving and bringing like just preserving an actual flower and they're so realistic and the time and the effort is just amazing. So that's like I'm going, oh my gosh, oh that's a good one. Yeah. So those like those things, yeah. You know, and I love how the people that inspire you, I love how you grouped that together because there's the makers and the makers that have used your things to, to, to further your business and their own. But, but, but then, you know, you know, because you've been there, their hands are in it and they're trying really hard. And then the business model, you know, Anna and Mary Mecco, and then the, the, your passion, the floral and the flowers and how people are doing that. And, and, um, just putting it out there in their own way, like Anne Wood. And, and the links to these people will be um, in the show notes on tantostudio.com. But I, I just, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I just think that's such a great, it's, it's a very thoughtful group of inspiring things that I could see how that would, you know, if I, if you just woke up and thought about those things, like, okay, that sort of sets your day in motion, you know, in your way. It's great. Sort of like, because I found it very hard to answer that question because you probably noticed that I'd left that one blank yeah. and I only came back because I thought, how do you choose three people? Right. There's right. so many people. Right. So I thought, Changes I have to think day. about this different. I thought about people who inspire me. I thought, why do they inspire me? Right. So that's why I grouped it. And I thought, well, these are the things that I look for in my business. Like I follow what what do I do and what do I want and things so yeah that's how I came to those so it's a long-winded answer that's an excellent answer I just it goes it it seems to me to fit very well with your 
the passion you have for what you do and the vision you have for doing it. So I, I appreciate that. That's great. Thanks. Thank you. Well, I've just so loved talking to you today. I just, you know, um, we have known each other through, through online things for a long time, but just to kind of sit down and have a chat about what you do. And, and I just, it just, it's just a great way to, to spend my afternoon. So thank you so much because you inspire me very much. And I can't wait to see, you know, what you continue to do with it, what those oil paintings look like and (laughs) what a few more products look like. And yeah, it's going to be exciting. Well, thank you so much, like for inviting me and noticing me and like oh, thinking of me to be actually worthy <laughs> to be on the podcast, which is wonderful. And now thank that you. I've put a few things out there, I'll have to follow through of commitment. <laughs> yes. You will. See, I made you say it out loud. Yeah. It <laughs> does. Yeah. That's the scariest thing, saying it. <laughs> it's true. Uh, well, thank you. And we'll have to check back in. For sure. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Windowsill Chats. Thanks so much for being here with me. It's just so great to be able to bring you these conversations with the fantastic people and wonderful friends that I've met and made along the way. Make sure you subscribe to Windowsill Chats on your favorite podcast app and please share it with a friend. And if this episode spoke to you, I'd really appreciate it if you would also leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can just go to the bottom of the episode you've just listened to and it'll let you leave a review. If you have any questions or want to check out more details or inspiration that we talked about, head over to the show notes at windowsillchats.com or tantostudio.com. They'll both take you to the same place. I can't wait to share more stories with you again next week. I value your time and I absolutely believe in your potential. Have a great one, everyone, and stay creatively curious.